0: Tonight, that just was such a perfect chorus, because tonight's encounter is I'm going to reintroduce you to the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so we're going to get on fire. Amen. Jesus said he came to baptize us with the Holy or John said of Jesus, that he would baptize us with the Holy Spirit in fire. So he's going to set us on fire tonight, and I'm going to ignite you. Amen. <laughs> in Luke chapter 24 and verse 49... In the message translation, Jesus was talking to the disciples, and he says this in the message translation. Message reads it like this. What comes next is very important. I am sending what my Father promised to you. So stay here in the city until he arrives, until you're equipped with power from on high. He said, it's going to be very important. Right? Yeah. That's okay. Okay. Can you hear me? Good. And then Jesus said in Acts 1, verse 8, and I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. He says, but I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you'll be seized with power. You'll be my messengers. He says in the Aramaic that that seized with power can also mean you'll, or let's see, you'll be seized with power. You'll seize power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, let's just forget for a minute that, you know, that you've let the Holy Spirit become commonplace. Common in the church. We talk about the Holy Spirit and maybe it's just hasn't, you know, maybe you haven't gotten real excited about the Holy Spirit lately. You know, that's the thing about coming to church. And you can say, I've heard that before. But are you excited about it? (laughs) Because <laughs> it doesn't really matter if we've heard about it before, if we've stopped being excited about it, right? Jesus said, what comes next is so important. So important, in fact, that I don't want you to leave the city until you have it. He said, and when it comes, you're going to have power. Now, how many in this room have the Holy Spirit? Raise your hand high. So that means you have power. Because God cannot lie. So if you have the Holy Spirit, you have power. Are you getting excited yet? Okay, good. You know, it's things like receiving the Holy Spirit. Like, I don't know about you. I don't, I I grew up in church. My dad wasn't always a pastor, but he and my mom got saved when I was five years old. So church, I've been going to church because they got radically saved when I was five. They got filled with the Holy Spirit. So I've been going to church since then and before then because we were always going to church that I remember. So I I don't remember getting saved. I don't remember that moment, but I'll tell you what I do remember. I do remember getting filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. Is there anybody in this room that doesn't remember when you got filled and spoke with tongues? You remember? Who doesn't remember that? Why? It's an encounter that you can never forget. You know, I, I, I if, if I had my way, every time we ministered salvation to someone, we'd minister Holy Spirit, get them filled because you can't deny, you know, sometimes you don't feel saved, but you can't deny speaking in tongues, right? There's three undeniable truths about when you receive the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. One, it's proof of God because you can't do that apart from him. Have you ever asked someone to do that apart from him? They they can't do it. They might be able to mumble a couple of syllables, but they can't keep it going like you and me can. It's proof that God is real. It's proof of God when you can speak in tongues because you can't do that apart from him. Number two, it's proof of God with you. Because you can't do that on your own. You can't speak in tongues on your own. So you know what that means? If you've received the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you are not alone. You are never alone. He's with you. You need evidence of it? Start speaking in tongues. Because that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit of God in you that allows you to do that, right? So, one, it's proof of God. Two, it's proof of God with you. And three, it's proof of God with you right now when you speak in tongues. That's God coming in, cooperating with me, because I can't do that on my own, right? So it's proof of God with me right now. So if you ever need proof of God with you right now, start praying in tongues. There you go. Right now. So what is, so what? Some people say, yeah, okay, that's great, Nikki. Nice, nice points. Cool. You know? Because, you know, you kind of got to get to the meat of it, right? Like people, you're so hard to please nowadays. So what does that mean? What does that mean? Okay, great. Yeah, it's proof of God, proof of God with you, proof of God with you right now. So what? What does that mean? Well, it means power. You can expect power. You can expect answers. Right now. You can expect power right now. Right now. You can expect it. You can expect it. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Get excited about that, right? We can't let this become commonplace. We can't go a day without thinking about this. We've got to remember what this means. So what does it mean? Well, we've got to get to know the Holy Spirit. We, most, most of us know what the Bible, if you've been in church any length of time, you probably know what the Bible has to say about the Holy Ghost. But let me just remind you of a few. You can look these up in John chapters 14 through 16. It tells you exactly. Jesus talks about who the Holy Spirit is. What's he going to do? What he's going to be about? And this is one of the things he says. He's going he's to be a guide. So, guess what? If the Holy Spirit is a guide, you can expect that he'll guide you. Anytime he's with you, anytime you call on him, anytime you start praying in tongues, you can expect he's going to guide you. Romans 8 says, those who are the sons of God will be led by the spirit of God. Well, you got to be, if he's a guide, he's going to lead you, right? We're going to be led. We're going to know what to do. It also says that the Holy Spirit's a comforter. So what's he going to do? Comfort. You can expect Comfort, if you want it. Some of us fight it. But if you want it, start praying in tongues and comfort will come. Comfort will come. It says, Jesus said, he's your teacher. He's going to be a teacher. He's going to teach you all things. He's going to teach you all things. So he's going to teach. So you can expect to be taught. You can expect to be taught. And he says that he called him the helper. So anybody need help? You can expect he'll help you. He will help you. Help isn't only on the way, it's here. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not waiting for help. Just start praying in the Holy Ghost and expect help to come right now. Right now. That's his job. He takes his role seriously. It's us who does it. But he does. He does what he's supposed to do. So when you start to know this about the Holy Spirit and you start to realize that you can expect these things, you, ex- you can expect comfort. You can expect help. You can expect to be guided and taught. Those kinds of things can fire you up. Because the reality is when you when you have a day, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a normal person. I have a day where I'm like, you know, I just don't feel excited. I just don't feel excited about God or church or the word. I don't feel it. Well, What am I thinking on? Start thinking about the Holy Spirit, who's your helper, who's your comforter, who's your guide. Start thinking about all the things the Holy Spirit. Start thinking about power, just the word power alone. You shall receive power. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that look like? Start meditating on it, talking about it to yourself, just to yourself. And all of a sudden, you'll start getting excited. You get excited. See, the Holy Spirit can't come apart from fire. So you start spending time with the Holy Spirit, you're going to find you're going to be on fire. You are going to get on fire. Acts 2.43 says that when the Holy Spirit was poured on the disciples, by the end of the chapter on verse 43, it says a deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Take just a moment and think about that. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone. Think about that right now, right now. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Now, think about that you inserted into the equation. You performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Put yourself in there, see it, meditate on that because you've been given power. You've been given power. We've got to get revelation of the word and the spirit working together, right? It can't just be the word, you know, it's gotta be the word, you know, and expect to happen because of the Holy ghost, right? When you start getting on fire about what the word of God says, that's when you're getting it. That's when you're getting it. And when you start getting on fire about it, that zeal rises up. You start getting passionate. It becomes contagious. You know what I mean? Because now you can't not talk about it. So you're going to, you're going to go some, talk to someone else, but I'm going to go to Eric Leonard. I'm going to start talking about, oh my gosh, Eric, this is what the, I just saw this in the word of God. And this worked, this worked. I worked this word this week and It worked. And my excitement gets on Eric, and he gets excited, and he's like, I'm going to work that. It's contagious. Passion is contagious. Fire, we've seen it in the natural, it's contagious. It spreads. It spreads. If you don't put it out, it'll spread, right? We have to be careful not to put it out. Not to ever put it out. Not to put out someone else's. Don't put out yours. Let it go. Let it go, man. Let it go, right? Deuteronomy 4.24 says, the Lord God is a consuming fire. When you start letting God in your life, you're going to live on fire. The only time we're not on fire is when we're not, let's just be real, spending enough time with God. When we're not meditating on the word, when we're not getting into praise and worship, we're not getting on our knees, when we're not doing what we just did, right? How can you not, how can you do those things and not get on fire. You can't. You can't. You can't, you can't read. I, you can't. First things first, this Bible reading. You can't read the word and not get excited. Or not get something out of it. Every morning you get a chapter, the whole church is reading. I mean, it's been precious. Precious. You're probably reading way ahead like me. I know. It's so good. But you can't. You can't. God is a consuming fire. The closer you get to him. <laughs> the more you burn, the more time you spend with him, the more you burn and it burns in you. That's why Jeremiah could say things like the word of God was like a fire <laughs> shut up in my bones. And I couldn't not talk about it. I couldn't not speak it because it's, you got to let it out. It just overwhelms you. It overwhelms you. God overwhelms you. So it's about keeping that fire stoked, right? It's about staying excited about God and, and continually spending time with him. So we have to feed the fire, right, everyone? We got to feed the fire. Just like in the natural, you have to feed the fire. And one of the ways you feed this fire is you, is you get convinced. You get convinced you, you work at it until you're convinced. How many of you know somebody who is passionate about a sports team? Why? They're convinced their team rocks. They're convinced their team is the best. Now, it, you know, they come and go, right, Ryan? They come and go whether they play well or not. But you're convinced your team is the best or your player. Maybe you think you know the greatest quarterback that ever existed and you will fight to the death that your quarterback is the best that ever existed. See, passionate people, when you're convinced, you're passionate. You'll talk about it. And you can try to convince others to your way of thinking. Can we do that about God, please? Please. Can we get so convinced about this God we serve, this love of this God that we serve, that he will meet needs. He will meet needs. Get so convinced about it. That's how you feed the fire. You just think about it. You get in the word. You find out what the word says. And all of a sudden, when you find that God said something, you're convinced because God can't lie. Have you ever been, you know, ever been reading through the word and you found that passage that was like spoke to your situation? And now you're convinced that situation was changing. Nothing in the natural changed, but God said something and that's all she wrote. That's all I needed, right? That was it. Now I'm totally convinced. See, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And when faith is just another word for belief, and belief is just another word for convinced. Convinced. But we have to be convinced. Convinced. And that convinced will create passion. Just like it does on anything else we're convinced about. Right? It creates passion. It creates fire. I think it's interesting. And this side note. Nikki side note. That, let me get rid of this, that I'm ta- this Bible is made out of paper. And paper is a byproduct of wood. And everyone knows if you want to feed a fire, you throw wood on the fire. So simple. Let that sink in. So simple, right? So devour as many pages as you can. Get it in you. Because once it's in you and you're convinced, there's no changing it. There's no, you're convinced forever. Once you know God says it, you'll be convinced forever. And so you'll be passionate about that forever. Once you realize you can't be sick, like you can't stay sick. You can't, you can't stay sick. In the kingdom of God, you can't stay sick. And once you get convinced of that, then nobody can talk you out of it. It doesn't even matter if you are sick. You just believe I can't stay sick. Doesn't matter. You just get excited about it. When there's truths that you find in the word of God and you get convinced, nobody can change your mind. And then you know what? Passion just spreads. It'll spread unless somebody puts it out. You have to put it out. You have to say, well, I I don't know about that. You have to push the fire away, run away, right? Right? The other thing that, you know, praying in the Holy Ghost, we all know that's, that's going to feed your fire. Because if you pray in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is going to reveal things to you. And you're going to get excited. There's no way. I mean, you're going to pray in the Holy Ghost. Thoughts are going to come. He's going to, things are going to come up through your spirit. And you're going to have thoughts. And you're going to remember things. I pray in the Holy Ghost and I get solutions. I'll start. On the morning, I just want to be with God. Joseph, I just want to, I, just want, I just want to spend time with God. But he never just lets me spend time with him. He always talks to me about something. He always solves something. He always teaches me something. Always. Sometimes I just want to spend time with him. But then he'll just. And then I think I, I'll write it down and I'll think I shouldn't be thinking about this. But then I'm like, that didn't come from me. I, I didn't even know that. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. But I just want to spend time with you. But he, he just can't just spend time with me. He wants to help me. Isn't that great? He just wants to help us. He can't not help us. Have you ever had someone in your life that could not help you? Because they just loved you. My son probably says, that's you, mom. It's like, I don't want to hear you tell me again what to do. But I'm just trying to help you. It's like your wife in the car on the way to church. She's just trying to help you. (laughs) Or in the parking lot telling you which parking space to park in. She's just trying to help you. (laughs) Because she loves you. (laughs) that's the truth take it fellas take it you know what else will stir you up when you start talking about it just start talking about it what are we spending our time talking about seriously why not spend your time talking about something that's going to excite you and excite others I guarantee you if we're all just complaining none of us is going to want to be with any of us for very long Right? But talk about something exciting and people will lean in to listen. Right? Start talking about it. In Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came, it said everyone heard them speak in his own language. We hear, and verse 11 says, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that's what you're talking about the wonderful works of God. They didn't even have control of it. They didn't even know that's what they were saying. And that's what they were saying. Because that's what the Holy Spirit will remind you of. The wonderful works of God. And when you start getting in the Holy Spirit, that's what you're going to talk about. (laughs) The wonderful works of God. Remember when um, Peter and John were walking to the temple and they came up on that guy and they said, Such as I have, give I thee. Do you think they were talking politics on the way to the temple that day? <laughs> no way. No way. No way. They were praying in the Holy Ghost. They were talking about things Jesus said. They were expecting things to come, right? And when they got there, they were already talking about it. Then the Holy Spirit moved and told them what to do. How do I know the Holy Spirit told them what to do? Because Jesus taught them, only, I only do what the Father tells me to do. So I know they had an inner witness. I know the Holy Spirit spoke to them to do that. And that's when they did that. But we got to start talking about what's exciting. Not just from pastor when we come to church. Pastor, oh my goodness, that was a great service. And Tuesday we're like, oh, life is just so. Barely made it through today. Can't wait to go to bed. Right? Right? No, we got to keep talking about it. That's why we take notes in church. So Tuesday, we can read the notes from Sunday, right? And get excited all over again and start talking about it. And when you reread the notes, I guarantee you, the Holy Spirit will pull something back out and get you excited all over again. You can go to work, excite somebody else, right? Because fire spreads. So you got to stir yourself up. You got to stir up the fire. You got to stir it up. Start, and you can do that simply by talking. Choosing to talk about it. Choosing to talk about it. Just start talking about the love of God. What a simple chorus, Danny. Your love, I mean, just say that. Your love overwhelms me. Say it again and again. And all of a sudden, his love is going to overwhelm you. It will overwhelm you. You can't think on the love of God. And it not impact you. This is the God. The spirit was hovering over the waters. And he said, light be and light was. That was the spirit working with the word. We have both those things, everyone. Everything you see. When you leave this building and while you're in this building, everything you see was made of something that was created. Think about that. Does he still amaze you? He's amazing. He's amazing. And he said, I'm going to give you power. (laughs) It's amazing. You know what else will stir you up? Experiences with God. Experiences with God, they'll stir you up. So come to church and expect an encounter. Go to work, and when someone starts complaining about something that hurts, ask if you can pray for them. Give God something to work with, right? Because you might just find out you have an experience with God. And experiences with God are exciting. And you don't forget about them. Just like the first time you spoke in tongues, you never forget where you were when it happened, who, where you were standing, what, who. You don't ever forget experiences with God. You don't ever forget when you start talking about them and having them, you get excited. That fire just wow. You know another word for passion or fire is fervent, and the Bible says this in Romans twelve eleven. Be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. You know, experiences with God means you're serving him. I always think it's funny. You may not like this. I'm just going to preface it by saying, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to say it. I'm always amazed when people say things like, I'm just not growing here. And I look at, I think to myself, I mean, if I'm brave enough, I say, well, are you serving? And they say, no, I, and I, and they go on and I want to stop them right there. I was like, I want to just say, no, 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 stop right there. That's it. No, I, I, what are we growing for? Somebody says, I want to be growing, but they won't serve. W- what do you want to grow for? Exactly. Because aren't we growing in order to love? And aren't we growing in order to serve God? But you're not serving, but you want to grow. Has anyone ever learned how to do something really well without doing it? <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> right? The best way to grow is to start doing. So start serving, get plugged in. You know, in the natural, we know that my phone is never going to power up if I don't plug it in. You're never going to power up if you don't plug in. I love you, but that's how it's done. Fervent Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Start serving somewhere. You, you, I'm probably talking to the choir. Probably everyone in this room is serving. Maybe it's someone online I'm talking to, right? But you've got to start serving. John G. Lake said this. I think this is so great. Because serving is about loving. It's about growing in God. You know, sometimes the only time Sometimes the only time that I haven't wanted to do something is because I don't want to find out I'm not very good at it. Maybe that's why people aren't serving. They don't really want to find out how good or how bad they are at loving. Because you're going to find out. I'll tell you what, you put yourself in the kids' classroom, you're going to find out real quick where your patience level is, where your love walk is, Right? You be an usher, you're gonna find out real quick what people are like and you're gonna find out if you're forgiving and loving, right? But all of those are opportunities for growth because you find out where you're at and you find out where you can work at, what kind of things you can work at. You know, most, some of, a lot of you in this room are married. When you got married, you found out real quick areas you could work at, right? Patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness. <laughs> yeah, that first year was fun. After that, <laughs> the work started. <laughs> so we, gotta we got to participate with God. Right? We got to get in the flow. And to do that, you got to fervent in spirit serving the Lord. Sometimes the best way for growth and the best way to, to get passionate and to get on fire is serve. So you can grow fervent in spirit, serving Lord. You want to get fervent? You want to get passionate about God? Start somewhere. Start somewhere. And you know what? Get yourself out there. Because God needs a man. He needs a man. So if you and I don't step up, he's just waiting. He's just waiting. But he's going to find someone. He'll find someone. John G. Lake said this. I know I said that before. The Spirit of God. So we get power, right, with the Spirit of God. So working with the Spirit of God will bring you power, right? So the Spirit of God will go as far as your love reaches. That's what he said. And he was known for healing, right, and all kinds of miracles. But you have to reach out in love. And that's how far the Spirit of God can go. It's wherever you can reach out in love. That's where you're going to see manifestations. That's where you're going to see God work. In Isaiah 42, 1, in case you need another verse, God talks about putting his spirit on his servant. Even Jesus said when you receive power, you're going to have power to what? Be witnesses. So the power followed with the responsibility. Right? So he puts his spirit on his servant. On servants, people willing to serve, people who are yielded. That's not always easy. Because sometimes it takes us outside our comfort zone. Talking from experience. (laughs) I'm still, who doesn't lean into their comfort zone? I lean into my comfort zone. I'm not the most outgoing person. Maybe you don't know that about me (laughs) yet. Maybe you haven't met me personally. But I'm not the most outgoing person. That's my husband, Eric. You may have met him. You may have heard him, (laughs) but so for me, I have to pray to do the announcements. You get up here and stand in front of 300 people. I'm going to count on the Holy Ghost to do announcements. When you're not an outgoing person, it's intimidating. I want to say exactly what needs to be said, how it needs to be said. When you have fear of God. You want to do it how he wants it done. Right? So you have to be yielded. You can't just willy-nilly do whatever you want. You have to be a servant. You have to do it how he says. You know, sometimes you get people in churches like, yeah, I'm willing to serve. And then you tell them what to do and they want to do it their way. Well, just forget it. You know? If you don't even, if I, if I can't tell you what to do and then you do it exactly how I tell you, you're not yielded. Because in the end, it doesn't really matter what you think. What matters to God is that you served with the right heart. You may even have a better idea. How many of you have ever had a better idea? I'll raise both my hands. I've had a better idea. But guess what? God, If God's not asking for my better idea, then just do what they told you to do. With a good heart. The way they want it done. And then maybe the, there will be a door open where you can give a suggestion. But it's about being willing. It's about being yielded. You know, God will always work with a yielded vessel because he has to flow through it. I can't do this on my own. None of us can do miracles on our own. God has to work with us. But if you won't work with a man you can see, chances are, the Bible says, how will you work with a God you can't see? So, Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. The message version says, keep yourselves fueled and aflame. I don't know about you, but if we don't have something around the church, I'm like, there's nothing to do. I mean, I like to stay busy, especially for God. I'm going to let you in on something. I just really believe this is going to, God's going to start. Joseph, I really just, I really, really think, I really do think that outreach is going to just explode. And I'm ready because I want to be busy. I want to be busy, but not apart from God. And not, not without spending time with God. But I want to be busy doing God's stuff. And so I think this is one of the reasons he's having us understand and reintroduce us to the Holy Ghost. Because we got to get ignited we got to get excited. Right? Because he needs us. And they need us. Whether they know it or not, they need you. They need you. They need you with the Holy Ghost. Right? Because the two should never be apart. Right? They should never be apart. So we have to see ourselves as part of the solution. Dolores, you're part of God's solution. Right? We're part of God's solution. We can't just keep thinking, you know, yes, there's going to be miracles as if miracles are going to just happen, which they will. But they're going to happen through you and me. My goodness. Isn't that exciting? So when we're on our way to church, what are we talking about? What are you talking about? What are you thinking about? When you get to church, what are you talking about in the foyer? You know, I tell the greeters, don't talk about the weather. Don't talk about the football game. (laughs) Talk about something that's going to light somebody's fire. Talk about last week's service. Start talking about what you think pastor's going to talk about today. Talk about what you heard in the word of the Lord. Read the word of the Lord before you come to church. So you can get excited. You know, that's why we put it in the church center app. How many of you have seen the church center app new homepage? Oh, yeah, right at the very bottom. If you scroll down is the tab for the word of the Lord. So you can just click it right there. And there's all the words this year right at your fingertips. You can get excited whenever you want because that's what it's for. You hit that word of the Lord tab and you read what God is saying about right now. It's so exciting. If I had time, I would read every single one right now. Read it. Let yourself get excited. It's true. He can't lie. It's happening. It's going to happen. It's exciting. So get excited. Sometimes people say, well, I don't ever hear God telling me to do anything. Well, let me give you about mm, a few things about that. One, sometimes we have to stop long enough to hear something. You have to spend time. I love that song. I just, I want to sit at his feet. I just want to sit at his feet. We sing it, but are we doing it? I mean, we like the thought of it. Like, oh yeah, that'd be great if I, if, oh, I want to sit at his feet. Hmm. Three minutes. I got Three minutes we got to spend time with him, to hear him. Habakkuk said, I will go up and see what he will say to me. (laughs) You have to be determined. You're going to sit there and you're going to see what God is going to say to you. Because you're expecting. Remember, we're expecting. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit, power, he's going to guide you. He's going to help you. So we're expecting, right? But we got to sit long enough to spend some time so he can talk to us. And then he's going to say something to you. You know, I think it's interesting that that word wait can mean expect, but it can also mean like wait on, like a waiter. How many of you ever served tables? Yeah. Did you ever tell the people what they wanted? No, you wait on them, and they tell you <laughs> what they want, right? Well, that's how it is with God. We wait on him. We wait on him like a waiter. And then when he gives us instructions, we go and do, right? It's like, sir, could I have more tea? Yes, ma'am. Right? That's how we respond to God. He says, Nikki, I need you to go do such and such. Yes, sir. I'm waiting on God like a waiter. Just tell me, Lord. Tell me what you want done. And I'll do it. So sometimes we have to stop and listen. And number two, are you expecting him to give you something to do? Sometimes you can go through a whole day and never expect God wanted you to do one thing. Who, me? Sometimes it's like that too. Well, who am I? I don't know. Who are you, Kevin? Are you a son of God? There you go. What did the son of God do? Jesus went about doing good, healing all. So I guess that's our assignment too, right? But we're waiting on some kind of spectacular deal, right? But no, you're already son or daughter of God. Go about doing good and healing all. Make that just part of your daily thing. You know, sometimes people think, you know, well, I, you know, I've, I've heard, you know, young people say, I don't know why I'm here or, um, you know, things like that. I don't know why I'm here or I hate it here, you know, and it's because they're expecting life to happen to them instead of them happen to life. You know what I'm saying? Like they're waiting for something. I'm Nikki, and this is my life, and so today is going to be my life, and I'm going to be happy about it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not waiting on life to make me happy. I'm going out being happy, experiencing life. And so we get things messed up sometimes. But we got to be expecting God to, that he's going to use you. He's going to use you. And then are we expecting more than just the inner witness? Because I don't know about you, but I've done that too. Like, you know, you hear his voice, but you're like, oh, I don't know if that was him. What well, was it, you? Do you want to do that? No, you don't want to do that because that's why you're questioning whether or not it was him. So it wasn't you that thought that up, right? I don't want to step out of my comfort zone. So if you want, if I'm trying, if, if I'm wondering about if I should be stepping out of my comfort zone, that's obviously not me. <laughs> right? And if it's to do good, it's not the devil. So by process of elimination... It must be God, right? But some, Kenneth Hagin said this. He said, many are waiting on the spectacular and missing the supernatural. Because we're going to be led by the inner witness. Most of the time. Most of the time. It's going to just be that inner witness. And we just got to get better at obeying it, you guys. Nikki, you too. We just got to get better because that's the Supernatural. That's supernatural. When you hear God in your spirit, it is supernatural. Guys, it's not common. They don't have that. We do. And if we're not doing it, guess what? Nobody's walking in the supernatural. So we just have to obey that inner witness and not expect the spectacular deal. Because you're going to miss the supernatural expecting the spectacular. Right? And then there's always... So I never hear him tell me to do anything. Well, it could be, are you afraid he will? Has anyone ever dealt with that but me? What if he does tell me to do something? See, we have to deal with all those thoughts. You have to examine. The Bible says examine yourself. You have to examine the way you think. Why aren't we walking in the supernatural? Somebody has to ask it. And not like just from up here, but every single one of us. Has to ask, why am I not walking in the supernatural? Am I not expecting it? Am I not spending time with God? Am I afraid to? Okay, if I'm afraid to, why am I afraid to? You've got to talk it out. Talk it out. You've got to get that out. So you've got to examine the why you think the way you think. What's stopping you? What is hindering your processes? What, what wrong thinking is there? Because it's usually thinking. It, that's all. That's all that's standing in your way. It's something you're thinking. It's a lie you've been told. It's, some, it's a fear you've been passed down, whatever. And sometimes you don't even know why you think that. Why do I even think that? I don't know, but fix it. That's what I tell myself. I don't know why I think that way, but I've got to fix it. I've got to fix it. I know you've probably heard me tell this story before, but God wants us to flow in the gifts. And he's a God of order. So, it's going to be in order. And if you're yielded, you don't mind pastor correcting you. Those two things, okay? But one time I was in a church service. And I mean, my spirit was just churning. And I knew, Tommy, that I knew I was supposed to give a word in tongues. But I was in the back of the sanctuary in the sound booth. And I was just like, oh, God, I don't want it to be me. I, you know, can't just give it to pastor, you know, it's just, I don't want anyone to look at me. That's why I'm in the sound booth, you know, just give it to pastor, you know. And sure enough, a few minutes later. Pastor did. Pastor delivered a, prophet, you know, a word of prophecy, which covers tongues and interpretation of tongues. And, um, and I was so relieved. Oh, I almost wiped my forehead like, thank you, God. You know. And then that still small voice spoke to me and said, if you won't love them enough, I'll find someone who will. <sighs> Let's jump back to that I statement I made. When you're so worried about I, when I, you know, I don't want to, I want to grow, but I'm not serving because I want to grow. Those kinds of things. When you're so focused on I, when your eyes get on you, your eyes are no longer on them. All of a sudden, where did love go? And I didn't even realize it was a love issue. I just didn't want to be seen. But me not wanting to be seen was bigger than helping someone by delivering a word in tongues. Oh my gosh. I just wanted to just, sorry, God, so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. I promise you, next time, next time I will. You better do it next time. You better do it next time. But he's wanting to use his people, and it's just going to take love. You don't have to be nervous. People say all the time, well, what if I don't do well at such and such, even serving, even be on the worship team, anything. What, what if, what if, well, can you love? Because that's all we're asking you to do. Just love. I tell people that all the time. Don't worry about it. You know, in the green room back here, sometimes the ladies who work in the green room, they take drinks to our guest speakers. And they get nervous. And I say, just love just love. You're good at loving. Just love them. Just love them. That's all we're asking you to do. That's it. And so as we go about flowing in the Holy Ghost, it's going to be about love. Remember John G. Lake? The Holy Spirit will go as far as your love reaches, but it has to be about love. It ha- love has to be the main thing. It has to be the reason we do everything because why? God is love. So God has to be the core of everything, which means love has to be the core of everything we do. Everything. One time, I don't know, God said to me, he said you, but it was more like you. Me too. Like the church. He said, you need to be catalysts and converters. I was like, catalytic converters? Catalysts? I looked it up what a catalytic converter was because I was like, that's too close. I got to know what that is. <laughs> but he said, you have to be catalysts and converters. And I was like, oh, God, that's good. You want to know what a catalyst is? A catalyst is an agent that provokes or speeds significant change or action. Don't you want to be that? Don't you want to be the agent that speeds significant change in someone else? Someone else's life? Someone else's body? Like healing? healing? Catalysts, You. He said you. God said you. You need to be catalysts and converters. Well, what's a converter? Somebody who converts? What's convert? To change or turn? To change from, in the Webster's 1828 dictionary, it gives this exact definition. Get this. To change from a bad life to a good one. To change the heart and moral character from enmity to God, from vicious habits to love of God and a holy life. And he wants you to do that. To be a catalyst and a converter. Isn't that great? Catalysts and converters. Because we're supposed to be co-laborers with him. Right? So this Holy Spirit that's in us came to live in us. We're supposed to be working with him. Not just him working with us. Us working with him. In wonderful cooperation and partnership. All the time. All the time because he's with you all the time. So this can be an all the time kind of thing. The perfect picture, I think of this, is popcorn. Have you ever seen a popcorn kernel in slow motion? I give you all permission to get on YouTube tonight and find it. A popcorn kernel in slow motion. You know what happens? What's inside comes outside, comes over, and comes on. I wish I had it to show you right now. It's so good. But what's in you comes out of you, comes over you, and comes on you. Like what's in that kernel comes over and covers the kernel. You can barely even see the kernel anymore. That's what the Holy Spirit in us is like when we work with him. He comes out, and he comes over us, and he comes upon us. And then everyone can see what was in us. They can see it. The glory, they see it. It says, Isaiah 60, they're going to see it. They're going to see it. You know how you make popcorn? You add a little bit of heat, a little bit of oil, and then you got popcorn. Throw in the seed. Who's the seed? Me, you we seed. That seed of God is in us. Now, wouldn't it be the saddest thing if you had the seed of God in you and it never came out? It never came out up and over you. That would just be the worst. That's not going to happen to this church. That's not going to happen to us. We're called to glory. This is a house of glory. We are a people of influence. They're going to see it. It's going to manifest. Why? Because we are going to have encounters with God. We are going to believe in the power that's in us. Right? We're going to get excited. You're all sitting there quietly. And I'm talking about excited. And I know you're just thinking. But we got to get excited. All those stories. all this, The Bible says all the stories are for our benefit because everything they did, we can do. You know, Jesse Duplantis' word for the Lord this year, the theme that he's doing in his ministry is go and do. Go and do like the greater works that Jesus said you were going to do. Go and do them. So see, we've got to take what we're hearing about this Holy Spirit, this holy, the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And you got to go home tonight. You got to meditate this. You gotta meditate on it, stir it up in you until you get excited. And then you've gotta put yourself in position to be used. Can I say that again? You gotta put yourself in position to be used. You gotta get yourself out there, get in the game. You gotta get in the game you got to get in the game. It's getting in the game where you're going to get better and better and better. So whether that's serving in church or getting on an outreach team or just going to work with the determination that day, you're going to tell someone about Jesus. You're going to tell them you're a Christian. I'm going to tell them today I'm a Christian. I'm going to tell them today I believe in God and things are going to change. And I'm going to tell them. I'm going to tell them. I'm going to tell them. them. <laughs> You've just got to make some determinations and then give God something to work with. Remember when I said you just got to start talking about it? Just start talking about it. Just see what God will do. What if he confirms your word to somebody else's life? Walking around, you're walking around with the power in you for some mama's little girl. Some mother is out there praying for her son to come back to God, and you're walking by him tomorrow. We've got to be sensitive. We've got to be led by the inner witness. And just, that's the supernatural. That's when the supernatural can happen. And we're all going to come in here and we're all going to talk about it. We're going to have something to talk about. You remember that movie? We're going to have something to talk about. Because we're going to have experiences. We're going to go out there and we're going to trust in this power that Jesus said we have to have. We're going to trust that we have it. We're going to go out there and trust that we're going to use it, come in contact with it, and we're going to come back talking about it. And then that's going to start a fire. Look down your row. Look around. You're going to light the fire of someone next to you because you're going to talk about it. You're going to have something to talk about. Amen? So let's go give them something to talk about. Amen? Can we possibly leave this conversation without praying in the Holy Ghost? No. Joseph, Danny, Joseph, get on the keys. Danny, you just sing if you want to sing. But at least let's pray in the Holy Ghost and just see what God will do. And if you need answers, let's expect them. It's only 8.09. It's early. It's early. It's early. We're not going to bed at 8.09. So let's just give God some time. So let's just give him some time. And if you need comfort, expect comfort. If you need help, expect help. If you need healing, expect healing. Power to flow. Amen? Let's stand. Let's stand and get ready. Amen. I just heard the verse so clearly that he He wants to show himself strong on behalf of those who love him. Just love him. Just love him. He's going to show himself strong on your behalf. Great and mighty. Great and mighty. Great and mighty. He's our God. (laughs) He's my God. My God. My God.